Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. So today I want to talk to you about the world's best news about our brains. This is my favorite science to learn about. It is fascinating. It is empowering. It is awesome. And that is neuroplasticity. What is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity refers to the brain's ability to create new connections and build new pathways throughout our lifespan. So back in the day, scientists believed that our brains were very flexible and plastic when we were young, when we were like learning to walk and speak and drive a car and all that stuff. And they believed that at some point your brain was basically formed and fixed and static for the rest of your life. But they have since learned that that is not true, that our brains remain flexible, plastic, malleable, changeable throughout our lives. And this is the world's best news because we can also play a role in this process. We can intentionally shape our brains, create the kinds of neural pathways, the kinds of synaptic connections that support our well-being, that support our good habits, that bring us thoughts that make us happier and feel more at ease and feel less stressed. We can do that because of neuroplasticity, because our brains are not fixed, they are malleable, and we have some control over what happens there. So I love this, and That's why I think this is such an empowering aspect of science and so important to understand because like we all have brains and our brains often do things that, you know, seem (laughs) like seem like we'd rather not. Like as someone who had depression before me, I remember feeling like, oh my God, my brain and I are not on the same team. Like my brain is down and low and I want to feel good. I didn't know about neuroplasticity then. In fact, it was my own experiences with anxiety and depression that led me down this whole path of wanting to learn about the brain, about the mind, about the science of well-being. That is what led to it all because it's like, okay, I'm in here. Me and my brain are like in this, in this Sandy (laughs) that I am. Like, why are we not on the same team? I was mistaken, of course. We are on the same team. And granted, with stuff like depression and anxiety, there's, it may be, you may have to go a little deeper and you may need help to sort of change some of these synaptic patterns, but in any case, we can change them. So like neuroplasticity is what allows brains to adapt after injury, for example. So like someone experiences stroke and parts of their brains become damaged, parts of their brain become damaged because of the bleeding in the brain. And yet they can regain, many times can regain speech and mobility because it's like the brain does a workaround. It rewires itself. It adapts and forms new connections. And that's, that's just, it happens. It's the, what the brain does. Another example. So my, my grandma, she became a watercolor painter in her 80s and she actually had quite a talent for it. And then in her later 80s, she began to lose her vision. So she was also hard of hearing. But after she lost her vision, 
she could hear better. Like, truly, she could hear better. She no longer needed hearing aids. Like, her hearing improved when her vision diminished. And I absolutely think this is because of the neuroplasticity of the brain rewiring things to make her existence more doable, more to make her just like have a better life. I'm not saying that our brains are always working towards us having a better life because again, we have a role in there and, and a lot of it takes intention. But neuroplasticity simply refers to this fact of the brain being malleable. And then what I'm talking about is us playing a role in there. And why wouldn't we want to? Why wouldn't we want our brains to be like programmed to support us? And that is not far-fetched. That's not science fiction. That is legit neuroscience. I love this. Okay, here's an analogy that I like to use when explaining neuroplasticity. This analogy comes from Harvard neuroscientist Alvaro Pasqualioni. And it's the sled analogy, and here's how it goes. Oh, and I should say, I am explaining a sled analogy as somebody who is living in Southern California where it does not snow. But in any case, go with me here. So the sled analogy is this. If you're at the top of a sledding hill and it has just snowed, then you could take your sled down any which way, right? It's a clean, fresh blanket of snow. You can go down wherever you want. But after you go and your brother goes and your cousin goes and then your mom and dad go and everybody goes, if you all start going down this same path, now it's easier to put your sled right into that groove. Like that groove is already formed in the snow. So now if you took your sled down where the snow is clean and no one has gone yet, you can still do it, but it's going to be a little more wily. It's going to be a little less predictable. If you go down the groove that everyone went down, you know where that sled's going to go, right? It's going to follow that exact path. It's become a groove in the snow. This is what our thoughts do. It's easier once you've got that groove built, once you've got that synaptic pathway built, that neuropathway built, to go down that same way. So just like it's easier to take the sled put it right into the track that already exists rather than drive it down a a clean blanket of snow, your thoughts have an easier time going down the path that already exists. So if the path that already exists say, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. See, look, proof, I'm not good enough. Told you, I'm not good enough. Or if your thought pattern's like, this is going to be so hard. This is always really, really hard. This is so hard for me. You know what? I'm, I'm like, I'm just not good at math. I've just never been good at math. Like I, there's no way I'm going to be able to figure this out, right? If you've spent a lot of time thinking that way, then that's your natural default way to go. That's that deep sled path. That's just super easy to follow. Here's another, um, outdoor analogy for, for this like sled path idea. Like if you are hiking in nature and you've, you're in an area of tall grasses. Okay. But part of the, where the trail is, there's no tall grasses, right? Cause everybody has walked on the trail. You can see it. That's that line in the dirt and you can walk there and you'll be between the tall grasses. So that's easy. That's where everybody goes. If you wanted to create a new trail, you'd have to start tromping down on some grass and it would be itchy and it would be challenging But you could make a new trail as long as it wasn't like prohibited by the Forest Service. You could make a new trail. That's the deal with neuroplasticity and our thoughts. We have habitual thoughts that we've always thought. 
or it seems like we've always thought, they've made deep grooves in our brain. And so it's easy for our brain to just go down that road. That's the easiest road to go down. The brain doesn't even have to try. It's like that deep sled path or that dirt path between the tall grasses. That's the, that's the path of least resistance, right? This is the reason why it's hard to like change habits, including thought habits, because it does take intention and it does take effort. But just like you can take your sled down any part of that snowy hill, and just like you can forge a path down any part of that grassy area, so can you do the same with your brain and your thoughts. And this is what is awesome. And it's empowering. It's not easy necessarily. It's, it is easy, but it requires effort. It requires repetition. It requires a gentle, forgiving attitude with yourself, but it can be done. Here's another story. So I used to smoke cigarettes and one of the times that would be like automatically going to smoke a cigarette is when I got in my car. So I would like get in my car, get my keys, get my seatbelt and everything and light a smoke. Like that was just part of the routine. That was, that was part of it. Part of driving was smoking. And after I quit smoking, especially after like, you know, a couple weeks, there's no more nicotine physically left in my system. So this is no longer a chemical craving. I would still get in the car and think about cigarettes. And I would get in the car and think about lighting a cigarette. My brain had rehearsed that pattern, that routine so many times over the many years that I smoked that even though chemically I was no longer experiencing a withdrawal from the chemical of nicotine, I still had that habitual notion that this is the time to light a smoke. And it took a long time to break that, which is so interesting because again, this was no longer chemical. And yet when I would get in the car, I would like my brain would be like, this is when we light a smoke. And for a while I chewed on like pens or I chew on lollipops um, or I chew gum. And eventually I broke that pattern. Eventually, like I took my sled down another path because I didn't smoke cigarettes anymore. So eventually that pattern, you know, ended in, in a neuroplasticity terms or neuroscience terms, like those neurons got pruned away. That, that neural pathway, no longer useful, no longer no longer trod, right? Like that, that sled path got snowed over and it's been many years since I smoked. And I never think about a cigarette when I get in the car. That is like never what I'm thinking about when I get in the car ever, never. I don't have to try to not think about it. I just don't think about it. So, and we're doing this all the time. Like for instance, if you are learning how to play an instrument, you're going to learn how to play the ukulele or you're going to learn how to play guitar. When you first get the instrument, like you're learning to identify the notes, you're learning which strings do what, you're strengthening your fingers. You know, there's a lot that goes into it when you're learning how to play guitar. Your finger, you're, you know, getting calluses on the tips of your fingers. Your hands are sore because they're not used to it. But if you keep practicing, if you keep playing, it becomes easier and easier. Your brain is developing a sled path that says, this is how we play guitar. This is how this goes. I know how this goes. I go down this sled path that of like playing guitar. Or same thing is true for, for learning a language. If you want to learn Spanish, you want to learn French, you want to learn Japanese. You keep practicing and eventually you know the language. You'll be able to speak it. You'll be able to read it. Whatever you're practicing, you are for, forming those neural connections that make that ever easier. And we don't often think about it, but we can do this with our thoughts. 
we can train our brain to think more supportive thoughts. How do we do it? By practicing. We do it by practicing. The same practice that it took, even though you didn't intentionally like aim to practice like, I'm not good enough, or I'm a fraud, they're about to find out, or I don't deserve to be here, or I'm too fat, or all the good guys are taken, or whatever thought pattern that you've rehearsed, that you've rehearsed over years, you can rehearse something new. You can rehearse something new that that old pattern eventually gets covered again with snow or the tall grasses, you know, sprout up and cover that dirt path. And now you're going down a new road. This idea of neuroplasticity, this fact about our brains is the world's best news, I think, because you are not stuck. None of us are. We're not stuck with our thought patterns, even really lame, lousy thought patterns that we've had for a long time. We are not stuck with them with awareness, with attention and intention and effort and repetition, we can change it. Our brains are malleable and remain so throughout our lives. This is, I mean, I've already said it's the world's best news like 25 times. This is the the basis for habit change. This is the basis for, in my, in my coaching practice, this is the basis of how we make changes in our lives. This is how I've personally made changes in, our, in my life about how I think about myself, about my self-concept, about what I think about my brain being on my same team as me. Like now me and my brain are totally on the same team through practice, through practice. And I mean, there's other things I've addressed in other episodes of the podcast that we can do to keep our brains healthy. I mean, our brains are main happiness organ, like our main, you know, potentially peace organ. Like, so yes, there's other things we can do for our brains, exercise, sleep, um, don't eat too many processed foods, you know, a lot of things that you've already heard. But when it comes to the actual function of our brain, when it comes to what thoughts we repeat, that's, that's neuroplasticity and we have a role to play there we can play an intentional role in making our brains a happier place to be, a happier place for us to live in and and to live in us. Do we live in our brains or do our brains live in us? Anyway, neuroplasticity is the key. It's how we can create our own new sled path, our own new wilderness trail, and basically our own new default setting, our own new status quo for how our thoughts operate. And that is great news. That's something we can all do. I know this explanation of neuroplasticity is, you know, quite, quite oversimplified, but the fact remains that our brains are within our control. The patterns, the thought patterns that we repeat are changeable and that we have the power to do this. So you see why neuroscience is super fascinating. Anyway, I hope that you find that uplifting. I just, I just love this fact because you're not stuck with any of it. If there's, if you have a habit, be it an actual habit of something that you do physically or a thought habit that is not helpful to you or something that you want to change, you can change it. You're running the, the show inside that brain of yours and, and you, can, you can help it think new things and go down new, sled down new hills, sled down new trails. So I hope this is inspiring to you. I'd love to love to hear what you think about this notion. Have you heard of neuroplasticity before? 
is this what you thought it was? Like, let's talk about it. Um, you can always message me. You can DM me on Instagram at, you know, Sandy. And you can always email me at uh, innerpeace2go at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. I appreciate you listening. I hope that this concept lifts you up and makes you makes you happy about all the things that your brain can do and the role that you have to play in it. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you again next week. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.